Hey there, White Sox fans. It is Sox Pop on the Farm. Hey, we're back on the farm. It's number 38. And with reluctance, Darren Black is joining me. He has agreed to discuss the Charlotte Knights with me. Uh, we have to do it and we have to start with them. And that's why we're starting with them. Their, uh, their season begins tonight. They get the early mm, uh, week ahead jump on the rest of the minor leagues. Not that we asked for it, but it's just the way it happens. And I think there's maybe a little bit more to be interested in or excited about than say a year ago. And so we're going to jump right into that, Darren. First of all, as always, thanks for the uh, thankless task of profiling all of our White Sox minor leagues and then coming on podcasts like this and having to talk with me about them. Uh, it's much appreciated. Thank you for doing this. Oh, I'll, I've done it every year. For, I don't know. <laughs> except, like, well, except that one year they there weren't any, uh, that's but true. every other year. <laughs> yeah, you should have enjoyed that break and then tried to stay alive. Yes. Um <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it's the lifetime contract. And so I guess really I shouldn't be thanking you. You got no choice. It's the box lifetime contract. Uh, okay. So Charlotte, uh, I want to, st- I don't, sometimes we do these and I just like hit you with players and you like give me the, the Caesar up or down or whatever. It's like, okay. Uh, we're not going to do that this time because I want to be a little broader and, but yet you'll still discuss many players. The <laughs> Charlotte Knights had a, uh, really, without getting too down on Chris Getz or the organization, had an embarrassing situation last year. They couldn't control all of it. I know at least one starter, one of their like half starters, Wes Benjamin, like went to Korea. So I, I know some things happened, but the truth is they went into the season without even anything close. To, well, the White Sox didn't go into the season with a full starting rotation. So certainly the Charlotte Knights did not. They ended up running out in two-thirds of their games, non-starters in starting positions. Not because they were being innovative like the Tampa Rays or something where it's like, hey, we're going openers in all of our uh, AAA or just we're going to do the 3-3-3 pattern in, in, in AAA. No, it's because they just didn't have starters. And let's face it, that's for any of us who had to profile it, and you did it more than anyone, it's embarrassing. <laughs> and there's nothing, and then there's also nothing to talk about. You're like, oh, yeah, a guy pitched an inning. It was another nine pitchers in nine innings. It's just – it's embarrassing. This year – Things are better. They're definitely, I don't think, where they need to be, but they're better. So you can can you give me a little bit of a snapshot of what this rotation is going to be and what percentage of games will be started, as you project, by non-starters this year? I hope it's closer <laughs> to like 20% or less. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, I mean, really that's what we're hoping. Um, a, because that means the White Sox rotation is healthy right. um, since it is Charlotte. Uh, though last season they didn't really pluck a ton of starters from Charlotte. Um, they kind of more or less plucked Davis Martin from Birmingham, but he is starting in Charlotte and he's kind of the only true-ish starter there. I know Sean Burke really is as well, um, but he is getting a late start. Um, but other than that, you know, Jonathan Stevers coming off injury, not really pitched. Uh, AJ Alexi is kind of a tweener. Uh, I guess they're going to use John Park as kind of a tweener as well. And Jesse Schlatten's is kind of a tweener. Nate Fisher's kind of a tweener. Um, so th- they, they still don't have the, you know, quote unquote, like actual go out there every, I, I guess maybe sixth day uh, for the minor leagues is what they would term it. Um, but uh, they are definitely of better quality than what they ended the season at. Um, John Park was basically the only starter that was going like more than three innings like yeah. to end the year last year. Um, and that should be better this year. 
Um, I'm sure some guys will still be on innings limits. Uh, I'm sure once Burke gets up to, you know, if he is only just in the minors this year, um, mm-hmm. once he gets up to, you know, 110, 120, they'll start to bring it back. Stever, I'm sure, is going to be on an innings limit. Um, but at least to start, it, it's looking better than what we ended with. Um, now the reinforcements, the immediate reinforcements from like double A, uh, I wouldn't say they're totally there. Um, we're talking like Matt Thompson or Drew Dahlquist guys that we don't think are, you know, we assume aren't good, but are still like, Oh, they were drafted high. So maybe they will be. Right. Um, but that's kind of the lay of the land for the starting rotation. But, um, when, when it comes to, uh, you know, cause I guess the first man up type of thing comes down to Martin versus, uh, Burke. Martin obviously would be the first call, like say today, if it had to be, because he's, he, yeah. he was pitching with the team in spring training throughout. He's, he's, he's done it. Um, he, I, you could argue he, he's earned it. Uh, but once we get into the season, let's say a month in or so, uh, it really becomes a, an issue with merit, right? It's, it's whoever's really probably pitching better in Charlotte. And if Burke gets out of the gate really well, he's probably the guy who's going to get that first call, even though there's, you know, there's no pecking order at a certain point, it comes down to what you're doing in Charlotte uh, pretty early on. Right. Yeah. Um, that it, it'll be more based off of uh, like who is and who isn't on the 40 man roster pretty mm. much. Um, I don't think uh I mean, I guess we're kind of assuming uh, Liam Hendricks is actually um, not going to be put on the 60-day IL at some points. Um, but I don't think they're going to start putting, like, taking people, guy, taking guys off of the 40-man mm-hmm. uh, unless they have to. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Stever might be the first guy there. And so if, you know, Martin goes down, something like that happens, um, and they just absolutely need to do that, um, I could see Burke coming up. Um, but I think they're really going to rely on Davis Martin first, then AJ Alexi. Um, and then uh, after that, it'd be just bullpen arms. But yeah, I don't know what's going on with my video. <laughs> if you're here, really, but... if you're not watching, this might be a time to pause the podcast <laughs> and watch it on YouTube because we are getting the psychedelic, the, the disco experience by Darren. But I was actually even going to acknowledge he even, he even like team coded his hat for this. He's got the Charlotte Knights hat. You can't yeah. see it now because. Darren just cannot get his camera on, which is fine. It's you're going to get this distracted podcast. Our expert is going to be distracted, and the clown who doesn't know anything is going to be yakking, yakking, yakking. He's not wearing a Charlotte Knights cap, so what does he know? So as Darren struggles with this, I'll try to set up another question. I guess at this point we'll move to the. So I, I guess to just touch on Jonathan Stever, every indication is that he is going to run back out there as a as a starter until there's a reason to maybe just make him a bullpen arm just simply because the wear and tear. Um, But but right now at this point, even though he's, he has sort of a taint because he's had like a couple really, I think he's had maybe three career starts and two of them were were really rough. Uh, But I mean, he's still, I mean, you just say he's the number one. Is he the opening day guy? Is he he really the, maybe a number one guy who would get a, uh, the first shot if, if the Sox need a starter? Uh, no, I think it's for sure Davis Martin. Okay. Um, no matter what. Okay. Um, if, you know, if at the end of April, um, and the Sox like rotation is still healthy, um, hopefully, um, and Sean Burke's, you know, curve is just out of this world and he's just, you know, doing things a Charlotte pitcher doesn't really just do, um, then maybe they might do some, you know, IL shenanigans, Mm -hmm. um, 
if they don't believe Crochet is going to be ready by June or Hendricks isn't actually going to be ready by June, mm-hmm. um, something like that. But I think Stever, I think we're just kind of at the point with him. In the last podcast, we talked about it with Norgay Vera. Mm-hmm. Um, he just has to get through a season healthy. And is he going to be a starter, reliever? Like, right. he really hasn't shown either yet. Uh, we're right. kind of at the same boat with Stever. Um, except Stever yeah. is actually older, fewer options. Um, so kind of got to see what he has. I mean, we we really don't know what kind of pitches he has yeah. right now or how good they can be. Yeah. Um, before, hasn't been healthy. Before we move on to the pen, Darren, let's just, let's, let me paint the scenario where 50% start starts in Charlotte by relievers will be acceptable. And that's if Schaumburg pitches well enough, say for three starts that they need to call him up and that they can DFA our redacted number five pitcher. Uh, then if that leaves Charlotte hanging and they have to like just run out a bunch of clown stars, I will never criticize that type of move. So please, I'm actually sort of rooting for maybe half and half actual starters versus not. It's still a bit of organizational due diligence failure that there still aren't other guys you could have to replace just a single guy called up. But if we can get rid of that guy out of the White Sox rotation because Burke is so good, he's got to push his way up. Or for that matter, Davis Martin, wonderful. And we promise White Sox, we will only criticize you mildly for having like <laughs> half of your starters not starting or half of your relievers starting uh, because you you consider you, you, you initiated a toilet flush situation on the south side that necessitated someone to come up from Charlotte. So that will be acceptable. The one question I want to ask you, Darren, about the pen before we go to our break, it isn't necessarily a breakdown of the entire pen. I am curious about what you feel first arms coming up are. We really do. When it comes to Charlotte, given that now it's just a 4A type of situation, it's really just like a uh, a layover spot for guys who might be coming up to the minor, uh, majors or, or who are just trying to desperately uh, uh, catch on with a team, White Sox or otherwise. Uh, we can't really look at them like the way we would Birmingham any longer. So given it's just a way station, let's just frame it in what the White Sox need, right? Maybe that's always been the case. It definitely is the case more today than ever. So in terms of someone that would need to be called up if, uh, you know, Aaron Bummer gets a little cranky or uh, or there's just the usual wear and tear or poor performance, it's just somebody in the pen. Mm-hmm. Uh, who are you tabbing as maybe the one or two or three arms that would be most likely to get that to really slot right in and maybe not miss a beat? Yeah, so if a if it's a righty that goes down, uh, I think it's I think one A uh, first up is probably Franklin Irvine. Uh He did pretty well um, in spring, um, especially now that Gregory Santos is in AAA after they let Nick um, Avila go back to San Francisco, or San Francisco accepted him back. Mm. Might be the better terminology. Um, and then after that, Nicholas Padilla. He was uh, around last year. Um, didn't, you know, did better when he was with the Cubs before he came over here, before they DFA'd him. Um, but I think those would be the two guys that are actually active um, if, if it's a righty. If it's a lefty, Tanner Banks, and I don't think there's any option besides Tanner Banks right now. Yeah. Um, and then you have the IL guys like Garrett Crochet, who knows mm-hmm. when he's coming back, maybe end of May. Um, and then Matt Foster, he's got, um, I believe, a forearm strain, which those are kind of tricky to deal yes, with. He might not even play yeah. this year. Um, yeah. But um, he's technically, both of them are technically on the White, so- or the White Sox roster at this point because they are IL'd. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll just kind of see where they end up. But I do assume Matt Foster is going to be a regular Charlotte guy if he comes back this year. Yeah. Um, Crochet will surely go up, and I'm sure they'll DFA Jake Diekman at that point. <laughs> um, but before this, it's, it'll Wish be Frankie and, and Darren Black. 
<laughs> yeah, but yeah, fingers crossed. Seems like but, yeah, seems like a fair trade, but it's the White Sox, Darren, just because we're one to know. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break. Uh, uh, come right back and talk a little bit of hitters, and then we'll let Darren figure out his camera so he can uh, appear with me on our next YouTube uh, podcast whenever we do that. Uh, okay, we'll be back in a minute. White Sox fans, it is Sox Pop on the Farm. Well, it's popular. It's derived from the Latin. Uh, number 38. We're on 38 of these, Darren, if you can believe it. And almost all of them have just been me blathering and Darren bringing the knowledge. He can focus even more on knowledge and not looking pretty, even though he's got his pretty hat uh, on. You can't see it right now because he's not even on camera. So he can just focus. He can read right off of his very, uh, volume, uh, this huge volume, uh, his, his reams of notes on the Charlotte Knights. And if he does have reams of notes on the Charlotte Knights, I'm going to ask. Darren, to reevaluate his life because you should never have reams of notes on the Charlotte Knights. No offense, Charlotte. <laughs> Play better <laughs> as, as Darren presumes you will have to this year because you can't it worse. Very good line. Very good line in the review, which is linked in our podcast post as well. Uh, it is opening night tonight for the Charlotte Knights and Darren is joining me to talk a little bit about the Knights. Let's shift over to the hitters. Uh, I um, read your review and there is no mention of Gilbert Sanchez. So rather than talk about Lenin Sosa sort of being the guy who would come up, you know, if Elvis, you know, does another weird, uh, uh, break off of third base and actually hurts himself getting caught in a, a pickle again. Um, uh, where, you know, he's, he has disappeared. I know that he is, he's slipping, slipping, <laughs> slipping to the point where he's disappearing. But, um, it, it, at this point until Jose Rodriguez joins him in Charlotte from Birmingham, it, it, it's basically a two middle infielder situation in terms of possibly helping the White Sox this year. And Yobert's a guy who's just fallen off the, fallen off the map. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think, um, once they chose to go with Lenin Sosa over any of the other options that they actually had in Charlotte last season, I think that kind of put the nail into Sanchez's kind of maybe not even every day, like White Sox future middle infielder, but even kind of a bench guy. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure he'll see some major league time at some point in his career. I don't think it's with, it'll be at the White Sox. I know he has a decent glove. Um, He has a decent bat uh, to ball. Um, tool um but there's not enough power there um so Lenin Sosa and Jose Rodriguez can actually show that power and maybe they don't show um as well defensively uh, at short or second um that their skill with the bat is undeniable at this point and much better than Sanchez's so he's kind of I guess fifth sixth in in the death chart for middle infield at this point not not to focus too much on Sanchez, a guy who we just said has slipped completely off the map, but I am sort of fascinated by this, Darren, and I would just wonder, you having studied this uh, more directly, and perhaps even before you ever joined me at Southside Sox, low those, whatever, five years ago, um, have you witnessed many situations where a guy basically sort of doesn't have a bat, then he, in a place where he really shouldn't, he just blows up, and then... Now in Charlotte, where he should have continued a, just a little bit of slugging, a little bit of maybe um, um, gap hitting. Oh, I believe now I'm just talking by myself. So, uh, well, I guess this is going to wrap up our podcast or we are going to. All right. Darren's coming back. So 
if I took, uh, if I put any effort into these podcasts, I would actually like edit that out. But no, I think this is just going to go right up. So that we'll consider that um, a second commercial pause. And uh, we'll get back to Darren and however much of the question he heard from me, if he heard anything from me, um, or who knows, maybe I'll just talk my way right off of this podcast no darren i i hear his voice he exists somewhere in this universe he's with yeah, me I'm... uh he is back from uh i don't know how much you heard my yolbert my yet again yolbert sanchez question because at this point the triple a preview podcast is in complete shambles so let's just keep talking a little bit more about <laughs> yolbert sanchez and that is I, I again i'll just repeat it for the sake of you being able to hear it um have you witnessed much in the way of a guy not Hitting where he's not supposed to hit, which is Birmingham. He had that. He opened all our eyes and we said, hey, wait, maybe this guy is actually maybe you didn't because you're smart. But I said, oh, wow, maybe this guy <laughs> is really more. He has more potential than he has shown so far. Uh, and then he gets to Charlotte and the reverse happens where he should be turning singles into doubles and doubles into triples. He completely loses his bat. Uh, does this happen very often? This seems to be a very odd and unique situation. Uh, I mean, I can't really think of an example of a guy doing really well, um, in Birmingham and then being just like an, an actual prospect and not mm-hmm. maybe some, you know, 28, 29. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, I do know just in general when he was going off of that, like three, like month time mm-hmm. frame that he had with them, like it was still mostly singles at that point okay. uh, with Birmingham. Um, it was a pretty high BABIP and that did dip. Um, but I, again, if you're not doing well offensively in Charlotte, which he didn't do at all last year, then I don't, you don't really have much of a bat. Yeah. It's pretty similar to a Pacific Coast League kind of a home field advantage for, uh, the offensive side. So Darren is trying to very politely tell his host that, yes, you got fooled. It's because you're very easily duped, Brett. And trust me, that is not a newsflash for me. I've been around this planet long enough to know that that is the case. Let's talk a little bit, Darren, before we go or before you leave me, uh, about the outfield. Because I understand this is a weird, this is a ramshackle collection, as as is AAA at this point. It's always like guys who are trying to get back in the majors, guys who maybe never quite made it, but they're sort of on the the, the Hazleys of the world. Um uh, or, you know, the Billy Hamiltons were trying to, you know, scratch back uh, and not always legit, legit, legit prospect candidates because they usually make very short stopovers. Uh, they're sort of at least one of each of those guys in the Charlotte outfield to begin the season as it begins tonight. And am I wrong in thinking that this is sort of a better situation than they've had recently in the outfield? Or is this just sort of new names? And I, I'm really trying to be optimistic. Uh, well, uh, it, it is definitely better because <laughs> okay. there are, like, if we remember last year at the end of the season, it was one armed Louise Robert, uh, and then Gavin Sheets, uh, and uh, Andrew Vaughn out there. So they will at least have better <laughs> defensive guys, uh, like Victor Reyes. Um, he's not like a defensive stalwart, but he can play each position, um, at a fine enough clip, um, but the the bat is what is worrisome there. Like obviously, there's holes in these guys, or they'd be somewhere else. Um, Jake Marisnik is probably the better of the defensive guys, and then Adam Hazley is the you know former top prospect. Is he really that good? Um, and I, if you did watch the White Sox last year, you're probably not you know super psyched that Adam Hazley is another option still there. Um, but he did look good in spring for whatever it's worth. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I don't really think that's worth a ton, um, but he is still going against guys that are more his peers. Um, if you're doing well in the in spring as a minor league guy, then that's where the minor league guys play. So if yeah. you're doing well against them, it's still kind of competition that you're used to. Um, yeah. But I definitely think it's better than last year. Uh, they just had a ton of guys that were never going to be there, like Mike Rodolfo just really fell off a cliff. Um, guys like that. And then Billy Hamilton will be on the team at some point. Yeah. Um, if I don't know how it's going to shake out, like who's going to be the first one up at that point, because they will have to move around the 40 man with that. Um, but I, I think everyone's kind of pretty confident Billy Hamilton will be up there at some point um, when you need to get more speed on the bases. I'm actually surprised I even posited it that way to you, Darren, that it was like a better situation because when you think when, I mean, as you referred to it, if you go up to, and as much as we can criticize and sort of laugh, including the one-armed Luis Robert, um, being, um, the situation isn't, there are three outfielders on the major league roster right now. And that's, that's rounding Eloy up. So, the, I mean, you know, I was going to ask, and you sort of anticipated the question by saying, you know, Billy Hamilton is going to be up. It's sort of surprising he's he's he didn't break camp with the team. I mean, the White Sox, like, they don't have any outfielders. And, you know, the idea that uh, Hasley, Hasley or or you know, anybody who can actually play, you know, Reyes, um, you know, these guys all could end up getting an opportunity because they're, I mean, unless, <laughs> they, unless they have great injury luck, because the White Sox don't have any, you know, Romy Gonzalez, you know, sort sort of is, sort of really isn't, but sort of is. I mean, the fact that guys can play there. I mean, Andrew Vaughn can play there. We, I guess, we found that out last year that you can put him in that. You can put him in the outfield. I guess he can't actually really play there. I mean, the White Sox are still very, very thin at outfield, and even the guys that are kind of as regular, say Aloy playing some right field. It's like, well, okay, that's really just like two and a half outfielders because he can't, you know, he can't really do that either. And this is a crazy situation. So we would expect some some definite movement between Charlotte and the South side this year because they just don't, I mean, between the injury and the fact they just don't have guys to play. Yeah. 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 I think I think we can kind of expect that for pretty much each position. <laughs> okay. um, like Jake Berger will for sure be up and be a right-handed bat if they need one. Um, the left-handed bat is probably it's sheets and then not really anybody after that. Um, so that might be an issue if he ever goes down. Um, but there, there will be a ton of movement, especially on the pitching side. And I agree on the outfield side too, because as we, you know, have seen from White Sox past, like years past outfield is kind of where people get hurt. Um, or the outfielders hurt people like in Adam Hasley's case, um, uh, with his uh, collision last year with Moncada. Yeah. Um, just kind of, that's kind of what happens with the White Sox as they go, <clears throat> excuse me, as they go through them all. Um, yeah. But the group is definitely better this or this upcoming year, at least defensive wise, um, than it was last year. Yeah. Danny Mendick said, I could try to resign with the White Sox and maybe get killed, or maybe I'll go to any other organization where I, the chances of me actually getting killed chasing a, a pop-up uh, are lessened. Um, okay, Darren, thanks for this preview. Uh, our kerosene generators uh, at uh, the Fans First Sport Network um, uh, have failed. So this we could be going old school with the rest of our uh, previews for the minors. We may be just going podcast only. Uh, no sweat. I mean, come on. You guys want to listen. There's bells and whistles and probably an interesting commercial or two. So uh, please continue to enjoy us. 
on the podcast. Uh, you will not get to see Darren Black's um, uh, wardrobe change to Birmingham <laughs> uh, cap or Winston-Salem cap or Cannonballers or Old School Intimidators cap. Uh, but hey, that's your loss. Uh, you got to here's the thing: you got to subscribe with our Apple Podcast. You got to listen to all of our farm podcasts because you never know when it's going to pop up, and you never know when the kerosene generators get refilled. And we're able to see uh, Darren Black again on a podcast. So please <laughs> check in, keep listening to all of them because you just never know. He's just lurking around the corner. It's a little fearsome, but he's just lurking around the corner. And anytime he's going to jump out and be ready to talk more affiliates. The next one is going to be coming uh, in a few days. Of course, we are going to roll out the rest of our previews as we build up to the rest of uh, the minor leagues. Can you start it? So that'll be next week. Uh, we'll go uh, back to back to back with double uh, A, high A, and low A. And then, of course, later on in the summer, we'll do the rookie leagues too. Because Darren, again, it's a lifetime contract. So we've got no choice. I I literally <laughs> just snap and Darren's like, okay, where? Uh, and you know, frankly, we're going to have to, we're going to look into the kerosene generator because uh, we don't know what happened today, but uh, we will be back uh, in just a matter of a few days with the rest of Darren's uh, affiliate previews and the accompanying entertaining and technologically challenged uh, podcast uh, previewing the Birmingham Barons, Winston-Salem Dash and Canapolis Cannonballers or whatever they are calling themselves these days. Thank you, Darren, for uh, stopping in again. Not that you had much choice. And uh, I guess I'll be uh, tapping you for a few more of these uh, very soon. So uh, don't go far. <laughs>